On today's special crossover episode with Locked On Wild, me and Seth discuss the Stars' recent struggles and how they're dealing with key injuries to Miro Haskin and, and Jake Ottinger. How do the Wild look post-Dean Evison and highlighting the talented young defenseman and Brock Faber? And then finally, which team has the advantage where in the upcoming home-and-home home series? That's all coming up next on this special crossover edition of Locked On Stars. Your Locked On Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is happening, everybody? Welcome into a special crossover edition of Locked On Wild and Locked On Stars. We are your team every day. Thank you for making both Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars your first listen each and every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on any new episodes throughout the week. On today's crossover edition of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars, we will take a look at both home and home matchups between the Minnesota Wild and the Dallas Stars. We'll talk about the injuries that both teams are working through. And we will get you set for what could potentially be Jesper Volstead's NHL debut in one of the games here this week. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked on Wilds, joined today by Joey Erickson, the host of Locked on Stars. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. Joey, we got a big one here mm-hmm. this week as the uh, Wilds take on the Stars Monday and Wednesday. And uh, as we kind of dive into it, both teams dealing with a little bit of injury issues. It extends into the uh, the media landscape, as everybody can see and hear. Um, <laughs> I am uh, I'm fighting it. So we uh, we're hoping for what should be. Uh, yeah, it, it is absolutely just time that, uh, you know, Everybody just cycles through it, so we're we're fighting through it, and uh, should be a couple of fun matchups here between these two teams. So let's just start with the Stars' perspective, and I am curious because the Stars have a couple of substantial injuries. Oh yeah, uh, Jake Ottinger that that one you've been dealing with for a while, mm-hmm. but now Miro Heiskanen was uh, was recently injured as well, and so talk me through what uh, what both Ottinger and Heiskanen are dealing with uh, from what you have heard and uh, how that has impacted the Stars lineup here over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, well, fortunately with Jake Ottinger, he should be getting back here uh rather quickly uh you would hope right uh he was ground dated to uh ground dated to uh, a day-to-day uh about last week and uh hopefully he'll be back rather soon because uh they certainly uh will need their number one uh, netminder back scott wedgwood has been phenomenal <laughs> this season in replacement of him but uh he needs a rest real soon he's played in 12 straight games now and he's played really well he's been uh really a saving grace it's kind of been the year of backup goaltenders across the national hockey league and scott wedgwood has been really really solid for the stars he just gives them a chance to win every night which uh is a is a really nice thing to have and they've done fairly well without otter and the most important thing for otter is to just come back fully healthy he had the off-season surgery he didn't skate a whole lot he said 
He spent uh, the least amount of time on the ice coming into the season, got off to a wonderful start. He was spectacular. And then it just kind of slowly declined from there. And then, of course, he has the injury. So was he feeling something the entire year? We don't know. We were told he was perfectly fine. Maybe there was something that was hindering him a bit. Um, So the best case scenario is that he comes back 130% healthy <laughs> and ready to go because they will certainly need him because they don't seem to trust their backup, uh, Matt Murray, currently, who was uh, recalled from the AHL. Now you mentioned the Miro Haskin and injury, and that one brings a lot more complicated issues. This defense is really bad without him. Um, I don't think the Stars can win the Stanley Cup even with him in the lineup. They need additions to the back end to be good enough to compete with the Vegas Golden Knights of the world and the LA Kings even, maybe even Winnipeg with how great they're playing recently. And they're pretty deep on the back end. Uh, And even with Miro, they need some help. Without him, they're a bit lost. Uh, (laughs) And uh, we got to see our first game without him against Nashville and Yanni Hockenpah and Essel and Dell as a pairing were just atrocious in the game. They were getting run ragged as uh, Philip Forsberg had himself a night. Um, Yeah, he's a one-man breakout. He's the best overall player on the team, and we're really starting to see the effects uh, of his impact when he's not in the lineup. So they have some questions to answer, and unfortunately, they probably just need an addition from outside the organization. Niels Lundqvist now has to play. He's a young guy that the Stars used a first-round pick on not too long ago, uh, well, just uh, an off-season ago, and he played for the first 24, 25 games or so, and now he's becoming a healthy scratch rather than not. But now they're forced to play him because they weren't trusting him in some of those tight games. Even when he was playing, if it was a 5-4 game left, he wasn't touching the ice in the final six minutes of the game. He, he was pretty much benched because they just didn't trust him. And, of course, Miro's going to take a lot of those minutes and everything. So they're uh, they're forced to have guys to step up. Thomas Harley's been great. <laughs> um, he, he's been a great young guy, has nine goals this season uh, from the back end. So they don't lose a ton on the power play where Miro's usually the quarterback because Harley can get some of those minutes now, and I think it's great for him to expand into that role. So Harley really is the only defenseman that's panned out this season or at least exceeded expectations uh everything else on the back end uh has uh not looked uh, extremely pretty even though they've been able to win games um and as you mentioned with the stars now we're in this bit of turmoil here um and albeit it's a completely different situation from minnesota because the wild are still on the outside looking in so now it's about can the stars keep pace here in the next well final whatever it is eight to ten games of this month uh to win the central because uh, that's at the end of the day, you're trying to get home ice advantage. And you keep pace here now in, in the next few weeks with the injuries of Haskin and an Otter. Yeah, and you you mentioned that, you know, the Stars still find themselves in uh, the third spot in mm-hmm. the Central Division for right now. But um, three straight losses. Yeah. And it's not... It's not that they've lost three in a row because teams go through skids Mm -hmm. throughout the course of the season. But obviously you look at the opponents and the games include Montreal. You lose that game four Mm -hmm. to three in regulation. Colorado, you lose it in overtime. That one, you're probably okay with coming out of with a point. But then you lose four to three to Nashville as well. Um, What has been the biggest reason that this team that had won five out of six has all of a sudden 
dropped three in a row against the likes of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, it, it's it's really intriguing and interesting the kind of uh, bounces or road bumps they've hit this season. And I touched on before the new year, uh, the Stars had two games uh, against Chicago, and including that, this next 10-game stretch was going to be huge. Seven out of the 10 were against Central Division opponents, and I believe five of them, five to six of them, were not currently in a playoff spot. So this was a stretch you could pick up points, even with a backup goaltender in Scott Wedgwood, because he's been playing so well. Of course, they were able to get by a few games against Chicago, uh, and they won both of those. One, they completely blew them out of the barn <laughs> on home ice. And, uh, well, now they've really struggled to close out games. Their power play has hit a skid here in the past few weeks, too. They're able to chip in every once in a while but they can't score that key power play goal when they're down three to one or they're down two to one in the second period they just need that tying goal they just cannot find production on the power play they don't get a lot of power plays either so when they do they really need to capitalize um and, and i would just say it's closing out games and the colorado game that you mentioned you have a 4-2 lead with less than 10 minutes to go in the third period on home ice you have to close out teams, especially good ones. I, I get it's Colorado. They're high powered. They can score, uh, you know, a bajillion times in, in a matter of minutes, which they did. <laughs> and they end up coming back to beat you. But a Montreal game, once again, you get playing from behind. They're playing a lot of catch up hockey. And yes, they're tied for the most comeback wins in the National Hockey League. But it is not a style that proves well over time. And that's really come back to bite him. They continue to get down by two goals and they make huge pushes and they look really good in the third period. And man, they may pull themselves back to even, but it's a hard way to live. And they've been doing that a bit too much lately. And as I mentioned in this 10 game stretch, they have not picked up as many points as they really should have. Um, and, and that's really unfortunate in terms of the context of this Central Division race because you are playing so many Central Division opponents. Uh, if you have one bad week, uh, it, all of a sudden the gap widens a bunch. And it looks like Winnipeg's going to win again. So <laughs> um, it, it's going to be an uphill battle for the rest of January for Dallas, it looks like. Speaking of Winnipeg, um, I was, as I always do, I was looking forward to the Kirill Kaprizov-Jason Robertson matchup because yeah. those two are going to be tied together for the rest of their NHL careers mm -hmm. because of that Calder Trophy uh, race in which Kaprizov won and Robertson was mm -hmm. the, uh, the runner-up. And I was a little surprised earlier in the season just looking at Jason Robertson's numbers so far this year. But now you look, he's got 13 goals. Mm. Are we starting to see Robertson? And I, I don't want to say necessarily a slow start, but just kind of pedestrian numbers by his standards. Are we seeing him start to, uh, to look more like himself here uh, over the last couple of weeks? Uh, he has been a bit, and I think that comes with his, the line being a bit more consistent and where we would expect the Pavelski, Hints, and Robertson trio. I think that's kind of brought him along, but it's absolutely been a bit of a slow start, and it's really hard to criticize somebody that's your top score. <laughs> that's 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 uh, one of the, one of the tough things about it. But of course, he would like to have more goals at this point. He absolutely uh, absolutely would. Uh, part of the issue too is the power play hasn't been as deadly. He just has three goals on the power play uh, this season. He had, uh, I think it was 16 or, or something uh, last year. So uh, he's gotten a bit off to a slow start there. And part of it too, I think 
teams just key on him. They will not let him score, especially on the man advantage where he used to sit over on that right circle and he just peppered goaltenders with pucks uh, all night. He, teams will take that away. It's kind of the Ovechkin treatment. Anybody else can beat us but 21, and he's gotten uh, that treatment, so to speak. Um, but he just needs to, to be a bit more engaged in getting to dirty areas, like scoring playoff-type hockey goals, because teams are not going to let him just kind of meander his way in where he's kind of slippery and just all of a sudden it's off his stick and in the back of the net. He doesn't get that much uh, time and space anymore because with, with every great goal scorer, uh, that comes into a league, you kind of pop off and then teams are like, all righty, <laughs> we're not going to let you beat us. And I think that uh, to some degree, that is it. Um, but he, he still has his moments um, and his line's been a lot better here uh, over the last five or six games. So, uh, you know, once he gets one to go, he had a, a beautiful goal the other night against Nashville. Maybe they start coming in bunches and they can certainly use it. Uh, but it's an offense that's scoring lights out. They're second in the league <laughs> and, and offense really hasn't been the issue. Uh, for the Dallas Stars this season, but it doesn't hurt to score more. <laughs> and and uh, 21 scoring is usually when the Stars are at their best. Yeah, most definitely. And, um, you know, it's just funny because the the numbers for both guys, maybe not what uh, what they would want, but you know yeah. Jason Robertson is going to, he, he's got the Minnesota Wild circled on the calendar because he <laughs> always does really well yeah. against them. So he will be a key figure. Unfortunately for the Wild, Kirill Kaprizov will not be because yeah. he is out of the lineup. And so we'll flip it and uh, we will talk some Minnesota Wild as we continue today's special crossover edition of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars after this. Today's crossover episode is brought to you by Game Time. And if you are looking to see this matchup in person at the XL Energy Center, maybe you're opening your uh, phone today trying to find some tickets at the X to see the Wild and the Stars. But depending on what ticket app you're using, you may find tickets are either too expensive or you're not sure what you're going to be able to see from your seat in the arena. Although I will say there really is not a bad seat in the house at the X. So <laughs> game time though, is here to help make your ticket buying ex experience as stress-free as possible. Game time offers last minute flash deals on all tickets, as well as views from every seat in the venue. So before you even buy your ticket, you can check out exactly what you'll be able to see. Those sight lines in hockey are critical. And so game time helps you get a look at what you'll be able to see from your spot in the arena before you buy your tickets. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code L O C K E D O N for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Welcome back to today's special crossover edition of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars. Once again, we thank you for making both shows your first listen each and every day. And make sure that you check out the first of its kind 24-7 sports streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today has you covered with all of the day's biggest stories with 24-7 sports access and even better Locked On Sports Minnesota and Locked On Sports Dallas have you covered with all of your favorite teams. So whether it be the Stars, the Dallas Cowboys, you name it, the Dallas Mavericks, 
whoever you're looking for, you can find Absolutely. them at Lockdown Sports, Dallas and Vikings, Twins, Wild, Timberwolves. We got you covered at Lockdown Sports Minnesota, too. So make sure to uh, check those out on. Uh, you can head right there after you're done watching this episode. Uh, just hang out and uh, you can experience the 24-7 streaming success that is Lockdown Sports today. All right, Joey, I am going to mm-hmm. uh, step into the uh, the question seat and uh, feel free to pepper me with uh, Minnesota Wild related questions. Oh, uh, glad to do so. And, and I have to start here because uh, I haven't been able to get your thoughts since this happened. And uh, let's go back a few months. It was uh, not a very pretty time. What are your takes on the John Hines era now after uh, Dean Evanson? What is what is post Minnesota wildlife uh, with John Hines at the helm? You know, it's funny because as much as the product on the ice has looked radically different, the philosophies are still mostly the same. Although I will mm-hmm. say the one key area that I think Heinz has really made a huge difference for this team is taking the overall style of play for this wild team and trying to translate it to the current NHL. It's not a team that has a ton of speed and skill. I mean, they have plenty, but it's not a team that has as much speed and skill as some of the others, even the three teams in front of them in the central division. Well, three of the teams. But I think what John Hines has realized is that it is much easier for you to win at the NHL level by trying to play in a similar manner as opposed to being that one team that's trying to slow everybody down. Yeah. And to win that way, like you're standing out in the middle of the street and people are speeding past you on motorcycles and you're trying to pull people off to uh, to come away with wins. I think Heinz realizing that it's just not as likely. And that is certainly evident by the start that the wild had uh, through the first 19 games of the season where they only won five times. Mm. So him going to a style of play in which. He really has tried to prioritize critical thinking quickly for this team, making quick decisions, being able to funnel the puck out of the defensive zone into the offensive zone. Even just things like that have led to this team being able to more consistently win on his watch. I think the other team that the other thing that has been super impressive is the amount of trust that he has put in players like Marco Rossi and Brock Mm -hmm. Faber. I mean, I know it's, largely due to the fact that Jared Spurgeon and Jonas Brodeen are out of the lineup. But you don't just give a 21-year-old 30 minutes a night yeah. on, on the ice. You don't just give a guy that mm-hmm. unless he's perfectly capable of handling it. And like th- that is just something that I, I don't think Dean Evason would have in a million years done. Yeah. So the fact that he's willing to trust – Brock Faber, who is like, let's let's not get it confused, though. He's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he's put so much trust in him and I think in Columbus, this said it all in that you had an overtime trio of Matt Boldy, Marco Rossi and Brock Faber, like Heinz clearly trusts those young guys to make plays. Yeah. And so I think that's been one of the big things, too, because, you know, it's easy for a coach if a rookie makes a mistake or a young player makes a mistake to go to a veteran who's not likely to make that mistake. But here's the problem. 
the veteran may not be able to give you the things that the rookie will, will other than just simply not making that mistake. Mm-hmm. And so that's been a big change too, is that Hines has just trusted a bunch of those rookie guys. But again, I think the big thing here is that it's, it's a lot of the same of what we saw with Dean. Mm-hmm. It's just that Hines, I think has prioritized some of the right things yeah. that should be. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I say it all the time on locked on stars, uh, you know, the coach will tell you what he thinks about him. <laughs> the, the coach will tell you. And as, as you mentioned with Brock Faber, playing him 30 minutes a night, Niels Lundquist on our end, they don't play him in tightly contested games down the stretch. So that that's what he thinks of him. <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter what he says at the, at the podium. Like, oh, you know, he's developing. He's still there. Uh, you know, sometimes it's those, those guys who are playing crucial minutes uh, who, who's out there are kind of the, uh, are kind of the, the ones that they, they trust the most. Um, speaking of, you know, having trust, those net minders are, are big. And uh, <laughs> uh, part of the reason I think the Wild got off to a very, very bad start was the goaltending just wasn't up to par it, with Gustafson and Marc-Andre Fleury. Uh, what has that kind of tandem been like? Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury's been kind of a saving grace here as of late. <laughs> uh, but Gustafson, the injury, what what is uh, his, his uh, issues looking like? And, and what do you think he got off to? kind of a a rough start compared to the standards that we saw towards the end of last season. Yeah. It's funny because you had a season last year in which goaltending was just like the furthest thing from a problem. Like Gustafson and flurry both played really, really well. I do still think that there were a ton of issues with this lineup, especially defensively that did not do Mm -hmm. um, Gustafson or flurry any favors it just seemed like things kind of compounded this year. Whereas last year you might have, you might have one goal where Gustafson gives up kind of one where you're like, "Ah, you maybe should, you maybe should make that save. But then in critical moments, like late in the game makes just outstanding saves and you end up winning three to two and you're like, Oh, it didn't end up hurting us. Mm -hmm. It seemed like early on in the season that jumped to where there were maybe two, to three where you're like "Ah, really should have that Mm -hmm. save and then you're you end up losing games by a goal and so it you know I I don't want to simply boil it down to they just started making more saves but I think confidence is such a huge key for goalies it's it's like many different positions throughout the sports world kickers in the NFL starting pitchers in major league baseball if you don't have confidence it is really hard to do a lot of the things that you just people just assume that you're able to do on a daily basis. And you start to try to anticipate what's going to happen as opposed to simply reacting to what's going on. And it leads to a goalie being out of position or, you know, instead of playing, instead of squaring up a shot coming from way outside, maybe you kind of try to get a little too cute and you end up Mm -hmm. turning and you you open yourself up to deflections. It just seemed like there was a lot of that kind of stuff that happened early on in the season. And obviously with Gustafson out and from the the sounds of it, he is progressing, but still isn't, isn't quite ready yet. Mm-hmm. But Marc-Andre Fleury, man, I, I mean, when it seemed like that was the one that you couldn't lose, uh, in Philip Gustafson, like Flurry's come in, and yes, I know this team has lost a few games since Gustafson was injured, 
Mm. But Flurry has been he's been really good. Yeah. And <laughs> he has just those those chaos moments that you laugh about after the game. Uh, against Columbus they were trying to go with the empty net and he gets caught in between the bench (laughs) and the crease like three different times and all of a sudden Columbus steals the puck and here he is flying in from off screen to dive in to divert the shot that would have been the empty net goal to seal it and the wild go down to the other end and (laughs) score the tying goal It, it just really is something that I'm trying more and more to appreciate is yeah. having a guy who has seen literally everything mm-hmm. in the NHL to be able to come in and just be a steadying presence in that net. I honestly wasn't super worried about what they would get from Gustafson when, or what they would get from flurry when Gustafson got hurt. I was worried what would happen if flurry got hurt and then where do you go? But yeah credit to credit to flurry. He keeps himself in good enough shape to be able to step in and start five straight games. Um, now we're going to get, it sounds like a little bit of an opportunity to see the future mm-hmm. in Jesper Volstead this week. Maybe it comes in this series against the, uh, the stars, but it is, it's just fun because every game now becomes an opportunity to chase that, uh, that win number five fifty two which will put him into second place all time. And mm. you get the sense that he knows it's coming and you get the sense the team knows it's coming too. Yeah. Well, it, it's always important to have that steady presence in between the pipes and uh, someone like Marc-Andre Fleury is so fun. I, I mean, he, he has old soul kind of goaltending in him or yep. he's wild. <laughs> um, and, and that's still fun to watch because now they're so, you know, prim and proper and, you know, the butterfly and uh, everything's so technically proficient and, and Fleury's still a bit more just athletic kind of crazy type. I I, I got to ask you this too, because with Kaprizov, of course, he's been playing really, really great here as of late. So unfortunate uh, that he, he got injured again. Those dang jets, you cannot run into them anymore. Um, do, do you think Kaprizov was hurt still at the beginning of the year? Because when I watched him uh, the first game that Dallas came to Minnesota, you know, I, like I love Kaprizov. I, I'm really high on him. I've always said I thought he's better than Robertson. I know Stars fans may kill me for that, but I, I've always <laughs> really liked Kaprizov's game. Um, and you know, just from what we've seen from him in his rookie year, of course, into last season, the way he moves and the way he skates and maneuvers, uh, you know, through traffic. Just watching him at the beginning of the year, I'm like, that doesn't look like that's Kaprizov. <laughs> and maybe it's starting to come back a bit. Yeah, it, it I, I think it 100 percent is that it, and we really haven't really haven't gotten full definitive word yeah. as to if like we got the biggest kind of glimpse into it when Dean Evison was fired is he actually kind of allowed uh, a couple of reporters here a peek behind the curtain and was pretty candid about the fact that Kaprizov just cannot do or couldn't at that point do the same things that he was able to do before the injury. Now, does that mean that he's still dealing with it or he just is not sure how to play with what he has Mm -hmm. going on? Uh, That's, that's kind of up in the air, but I will tell you, I think his game started to pick up pretty tremendously after the, uh, the Sweden series. And so whether it was, you know, essentially the full two weeks off, it seemed like his game started to incrementally pick up after that. And then he scores the two goals against Boston. 
and it just took off from there. I will say I thought in the game against the Penguins, a game in which he didn't score um, that led up to that two goal effort against the Bruins. I thought he was good in that game too. Mm -hmm. So it, whether it just was that he needed a little bit of a breather in season to kind of get himself right. It just seemed like slowly, but surely we were seeing a, um, the, the guy that we were used to seeing. And I will say, hopefully, because this definitely is a different injury than what he previously dealt mm -hmm. with, that hopefully this one does not sap him further yeah. uh, and drop him back down to where he was at the beginning of the season because he was just a guy at, mm -hmm. uh, at that point in the year. And if this team's going to be able to get back into this playoff picture, he's going to have to be more than yeah. just a guy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You got to have your best players be the best players at the end of the day. Uh, and it's unfortunate yeah. here in the next few games, we don't have both of these teams at, at full strength, <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it'll be fun for sure. The, I mean, both these teams, when they get together, um, it usually produces fireworks. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a healthy rivalry between these two teams after what happened in last year's postseason. And so it's uh, it should be fun. It's been uh, entirely too long that these teams mm -hmm. have gone without playing so far this year. Uh, thanks NHL schedulers for that, yeah. by the way. Um, we'll, we'll wrap up with just some odds and ends on these two matchups uh, as we finish today's episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars after this. Today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is done but there is still plenty of time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is incredibly easy to use with a million different ways to bet, such as live same-game parlays, you're sitting watching wild stars in the second period and you feel like you feel like slapping some money on the uh, second period under you are free to do so as a um, a under enthusiast myself but uh, not only that you can find the best bets of the day in the explore tab and you can also put together an unbeatable parlay of nhl action in the parlay hub if you look at the matchup between the Wild and the Stars, Minnesota Wild are plus 116 on the money line. Dallas Stars are minus 140. My favorite is looking at um, those anytime goal scores, but I do want to take a peek at the total goals. Over four is minus 900 right now. If you want to creep a little higher, because I feel like there's going to be full chaos here, Plus seven is at plus 186. So keep an okay. eye on that <laughs> for the uh, first leg of this matchup. Either way, make sure that you head to fanduel.com slash locked on to make your first bet a layup. Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. One final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars. Once again, we thank you for making both Locked on Wild and Locked on Stars your first listen each and every day. Uh, Joey, I thought to close, let's just take a look at kind of how these teams match up in mm -hmm. key areas. And okay. uh, we'll each give our pick as to which team has which team has the upper 
hands. And uh, we'll start on the offense. Dallas Stars uh, offense or yeah. Minnesota Wild offense. I think I know where I'm going here. <laughs> I, I, I'll take the stars in this one. I'll be a bit biased, <laughs> um, but uh, that, that's that been uh, their, their strongest suit so far. Uh, DeBoer likes to roll four lines. Uh, they're consistent. Their fourth line has been phenomenal. The addition is Sam Steele, by the way. Um, I thought he was going to become a, a fan favorite here in Dallas, and I really think he's thrived. And just the fourth line role, he's produced a ton here in the last month, along with Craig Smith, which I think is another real key addition for the Stars uh, in the offseason. But the way that White Johnston's been playing as of late, too, and the uh, really one of the best lines in all of hockey, and Matt Duchesne uh, and Sagan and Marchment. They've just been a complete difference maker. By the way, Matt Duchesne, oh my goodness, he's been everything and then some this season. Uh, And I know I talked with you before the year. I was like, well, you know, he's going to be a great addition, of course, like maybe a bit out of his prime, (laughs) completely, completely undersold that (laughs) because he's been phenomenal. 35 points uh, already on the season. I I thought he was going to get an all-star nod uh, with the Toronto, the Ontario connection uh, because he's had such a big impact. And and as I mentioned uh, towards the the top of the episode, uh, they're averaging 3.6 goals per game. uh, So that's pretty good. It's a top five in the national hockey league. So I I like the stars offense, even with all these injuries, they're going to need it probably (laughs) if it's going to be as chaotic as you think. (laughs) Yeah, I I'm I'm with you here. It's a pretty easy call. The Wilds are averaging under three goals per game. They don't have Kirill Kaprizov in this yeah. one. Um, it, it's a pretty easy call there. Now, defensively mm-hmm. is one that we certainly can uh, can dive into a bit more because not only uh, not only are the Wild missing uh, Jonas Brodine and Jared Spurgeon, but with the Stars missing Miro Heiskanen as well. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the Wild are fielding essentially three third-pairing defensemen uh, throughout the course of their lineup. Um, which team are you going with here? It, it, it's interesting because, to be completely honest, the Stars are, are doing that to some degree, too, with uh, Joel Hanley, who's usually a healthy scratch if Lundquist is playing. Uh, and Lundquist is usually a healthy scratch if uh, if Miro's playing. So <laughs> I, I think it's really, really kind of even, but I'd probably give a slight edge to Minnesota uh, in this one, just with, with experience um, and the way Brock Faber's played. I think it'll be a really fun matchup with Harley and Faber. These are two really young defensemen. Of course, Faber's been having uh, a great Calder season. Hopefully, uh, he'll get into the the mix with the Bedard injury. <laughs> he can make some strides here uh, in the next few weeks. And Harley, who's really popped onto the scene and has become the second best defenseman. And now at this point, he is the guy where he played 24 minutes uh, the other night against Nashville. So he's kind of playing in all situations. It's kind of the Harley and everybody else show uh, at this point. So I'll give the slight edge to to Minnesota just with guys that have had way more experience uh, just kind of playing at the at an everyday level or the Stars are deploying guys that have not really been steady everyday NHLers at, at this yeah. level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I pray that we don't have this game decided by anything either third pairing does in this game. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'll, I'll hope for that. A depth scoring I will, on defense. <laughs> I, uh, I will go the slight edge as well to the Wilds just because Brock Faber has been so good. And challenge for you, challenge for Stars mm-hmm. listeners too. just watch Faber on the power play. 
how good he is for somebody that really never ran the power mm. play. Like when he was with the Gophers, he didn't do that a ton. So he's learning on the fly, but just watch how good he is at navigating the blue line. Yeah. Like there have been, especially recently, 10 or 12 different instances in which he's able to keep the puck in the zone by getting to it when somebody like when an opposing player is trying to clear or somebody from the wild is trying to just get it back out to the top and kind of reset. He's so good at just navigating that blue line and being able to step into the play when needed. Um, it, it's just, he's, he's so good. Like yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> just outrageously good. Um, let's talk goalie Wedgwood and flurry, not the, uh, not the Gustafson Ottinger we were expecting, <laughs> yeah. but uh, still, still an intriguing goalie matchup to say the least. If you had to win a game, <sighs> which goalie are you going with? Oh, had to win a game. I mean, how can you go against a, a three-time Stanley Cup champion? <laughs> I don't know if that's a fair question. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> if, if, if I had to win a game at this point in the year, I, I would probably go with Mark Andre too, just because he's going to be fresher. Um, and, and if Wedgwood plays, he's going to start in his, his, it would be his 12th straight start, but playing in his 13th wow. straight game, he's just playing a ton. And, and you're starting to see it wear on him a, a, a bit in the past few games where there's a few, like you mentioned, uh, with, with Gustafson, we're like, ah, he, he, w- he should have made that save. Or when he was playing in the first, you know, five starts he had after the otter, inj- otter injuries, like, oh, he would have had that. Like he, he yeah. was so sharp. So at, at this point with a, a Wedgwood, that's really, really tired. I think, um, maybe we see Matt Murray. Cause I, I think they just, they have to give Wedgwood a night off. They yeah. desperately need to. And hopefully Murray gives you a good start. He's one in, I think, three at the NHL level, um, but just hasn't played a lot of games. So um, I think in this home and home, you're going to get the backup at one point in Matt Murray, but uh, I'll, I'll give it to, to, to Mark Andre Fleury as much as I hate to say it. <laughs> I tailored that question exactly that way because there was no chance that, uh, yeah. that it was going to be Scott Wedgwood, nothing <laughs> against Scott Wedgwood, but that's mm-hmm. why I catered that question that way is because I wanted to, uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to get the win there because if we finish on the special teams side of things Mm -hmm. this frankly is not close because you look at the numbers i mean i'll just read them for you dallas stars 22.9 on the power play 85 on the penalty kill uh the minnesota wild 19 on the power play and 72.7 on the penalty kill although fourth tied breaking news tied for fourth worst okay so we're moving our way we're moving (laughs) our way back yeah no well and and the nice thing with special teams is it seems like the stars have completely just obliterated the the wild in the past what five matchups if you date back to that uh playoff series I think it's something like 15 for 32 or something like that. It's, it's actually insane how many power play goals this, the stars her uh, stars have had. Um, fortunately, last few matchups, Minnesota's put them on the power play. And the last time the stars were really struggling with their man advantage was when they went into Minnesota and then all of a sudden they popped off and what did they score four times in that eight, one victory or whatever it was. So maybe this is the perfect time for the, the power play to come to town. <laughs> I had completely forgotten about the eight, three mm-hmm. earlier in the season and just tried to put it into the repressed memories part of my head. Um, you have to erase <laughs> ones like that. 
yeah, just mm-hmm. uh, just not great. Well, mm-hmm. I'm hoping for some real good hockey. Uh, I it's it's going to be tough for the Wild to win these two, but um, maybe they can get one for Flurry at home to get him to 552. Yeah. Um, that would be great. I I think the Stars would be willing to at least give us that, but um, but we'll see. Maybe we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll throw, um, Matt, throw Matt Murray in there, the AHL goal yeah. for you. Let's get Wellstad versus Murray. Come on, hey, let's do that. That, uh, yeah. that very well could That'll be. be we'll, uh, mm-hmm. we'll we'll see if we get that for the Wednesday flip. But mm-hmm. uh, Joey, thanks for the time, uh, listeners. Enjoy these uh, two games. Of course, Locked On Wild and Locked On Stars will have you covered. Mm-hmm. So make sure you follow along with both shows if you have not already. And uh, make sure to throw a like on this video if you are so inclined as well. It helps us out with getting getting seen by the masses. So mm-hmm. make well, sure we got to subscribe game on Wednesday too. National yes, we got the TNT <laughs> yeah. channeling that TNT energy. Uh, love to see it. We'll uh, we'll see how they play out. But listeners, uh, again, you can find new episodes every Monday through Friday for both shows as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll catch you next time.